You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, Cliff, I want to welcome you and everybody to the fifth season premiere. Congratulations, buddy. We Woo! did it. We did it. Season five is alive. Who would have thought, eh? Two, two, two schlubs uh, from Montreal talking about the Alouettes for five years. <laughs> wow. And I, people I, are listening. That, that's the impressive part. And we thank you. We thank you all for your continued support of the Alouette's Flight Deck. We do. We really do. Bigger and better. Bigger and better, baby. In 20, Vision 2020. Hashtag Vision 2020. Vision 2020. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the last time that we had a show was 47 days ago. And yep. Cliff, so much poop has happened in those 47 days it is yeah, we, we, absolutely nutballs. Yeah, uh, quite a bit has happened, actually. Uh, we've kind of been slacking a little bit. I, I'll, I'll take the blame, though, because unfortunately my NFL football team kind of went to the Super Bowl and I got kind of distracted with all that. So it uh, yeah, kind of took my focus away from the whole CFL thing. But uh, Super Bowl's over and we won't discuss what happened because no, that's dude, not important. Yeah, dude, we're almost exactly dead on from when we were last year, too, even though the with the big reveal and you know the the new branding and stuff like that you know we're only uh you know a year and 4 days past the, the new branding so you know That's we're, true. we're 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 pretty dead on from when we had our other show and that that was pretty big news in itself but you know <laughs> yeah but we we've had a lot of there's been some really big stuff this, tim this, that we we really got to we got to talk about and and to let everybody know you know small caveat we were trying to get the new Alouette's president on uh, with us this week, but uh, schedules weren't able to, to match up. But that is still uh, on our wish list to have uh, have Mario on here very very soon and uh, to pick his brain, to pick his brain to see what uh, what what's what is coming up for the Alouettes in in twenty twenty. You know, besides all these player changes, additions to the to the executive, to the uh, to the actual operations team, to uh, wow. Uh, to for, new ownership yeah, how, new, yeah new, i know new ownership and and some something that dropped today that we'll, we'll talk about it's it yeah yeah let, let you know let's we, we might as well go ahead and start with the with the big thing let cliff bring us uh up to day up to speed on uh on on the new ownership group for the montreal alouettes well, that's just it. I mean, the last time we did a podcast was in 2019, and at the time, the Montreal Alouettes were being owned by the Canadian Football League. That's no longer the case. Uh, we the, the the Montreal Alouettes now have new ownership for the first time in almost 20 years. There's uh, there's new boss in town, so to speak, and uh, that would be uh, one uh, Gary Stern, along with uh, his uh, father-in-law. Uh, Oh crap! What's his name? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look it up uh, myself because it's funny uh, because Gary is, seems to be the face. He is, and that again, 
this was actually it was just as the new year was getting underway. I, I don't believe it was even a week old, 2020, when the Montreal Al- Alouettes caught a press conference to announce a new ownership group had taken over the team. And Sid uh, Spiegel. Sid, thank you. My God, I, I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> I, I, again, Super Bowl hangover, folks. That's that's what I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Uh, I don't I believe win. a word of it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. But yes, but yes, new ownership has been announced. Uh, and let me tell you right now, uh, Gary Stern pretty much made an impact literally the very first day that we he got did. to meet him, at least yeah. meet him through the uh, the press conference, mm-hmm. uh, pulling no punches, basically, stating that uh, he's very much a CFL fan. Uh, he's got that uh, steal money because uh, uh, his uh, – he and his father-in-law are pretty big uh, players in the uh, steel industry, and they decided they wanted to get into the football business. And sure enough, the Montreal Alouettes needed an owner, and uh, it just became a perfect marriage. And Gary Stern wasted uh, absolutely no time endearing himself to Montrealers and Alouettes fans by pretty much pretty much stating right off the bat, his goal is to bring Montreal a great cup. And he was even asked at some points uh, – well, if you're so interested in being a football owner, how come you didn't try to go after the Toronto Argonauts when they were available? And point blankly, he, he said flat out, the Argos suck. <laughs> that got a reaction from the crowd for sure. That, that <laughs> definitely drew a lot of attention. And I also have to give props uh, for his uh, creativity when uh, Bob Young, the caretaker of the Hamilton yeah. Tiger Cats, yeah. was also in attendance at this press conference in Montreal to show some support for Mr. Stern. And he pretty much turned to Bob Young right away after the press conference and said, you said uh, if we need anything, all we have to do is ask, can we get our draft picks back? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which was a- excellent. Just uh, dating back to, the, unfortunately, the fact that uh, in uh, the 2020 and 2021 draft, the Montreal Alouettes do not have first-round picks because of the Johnny Manziel trade that happened uh, nearly two years ago. Who? Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah, that's that kind of stings, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, we're... we're, we're, we're but anyway, it's, that, it's not even XFL Johnny. It's it's uh, nobody Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Selfie. I mean, that's uh, that's where he's at right now, as far as I know. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly nowhere near a football field, that's for sure. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that alone is some pretty impressive news. And again, our bad for not uh, jumping on the podcast. Uh, right away to talk about that but uh, apparently he wasn't done because at that same press conference they had asked about the uh, general manager and presidential situation because also too uh, Patrick Boivin had been uh, let go just before Stern was announced as the owner and face of the new ownership group right yeah comes to mind what what what, what to do with this whole no GM no president situation well he well, Stern pretty much said at that press conference that he wanted He's got people in place or is about to have people in place and we'll be announcing that very shortly. And he pretty much had said by the end of the week, we should have our, our next general manager and president in place. I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. OK, who I can know. we talk? It was pretty ballsy. <laughs> it was a pretty ballsy. But, but you know, we, we ended up finding out later, obviously, that, you know, there were going to be some additions. But first, before we get to those other additions of the cliff, what what are your thoughts on the on our new owners itself? I mean, obviously, you know, we've been under the, the CFL uh, they watched the CFL for the last year, and before that was the Wetinals. And I, I, I'm, I think it's fair to say we were spoiled, not necessarily spoiled with the Wetinals, but it's because of how, at least most of the time, they seemed to be just the regular owners and letting the coaches do what they needed to do, and the front office do what they needed to do in order to, to win his championships. What's your, what's your thoughts on on the Owls' new owners? Well, 
as I said, that first press conference pretty much came out shot out of a cannon, essentially. Like he made it clear that he wants to he he's of that championship mindset. He didn't come here to fail. He wants to put together the best possible team. And like it starts at the top and makes all the way down to what happens on the field. Like he has made it clear that he wants to be a champion. Yeah. He wants he well, he wants a Grey Cup championship. And I love that. I, I love the fact that he's got that uh, so best way of it, that chutzpah, that sort of uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's pulling no punches. Like he went out there, and you could tell. Like he he really cares about football, and he really wants to make this a uh, a championship organization. And that's that's what you need. That's the kind of mindset you have to have when you're going into this. Like you don't like if you're going to be. You know, the, the, the kind of owner that's hands-on or things like that, I don't know if he will necessarily be that because he also admitted too, he doesn't know very much about football. Right. But he wants to be, surround himself with people that do know football. He right. has made it very clear that he's going to instill people that know what they're talking about, that know the game, not just football in general, but like knows the CFL and knows Montreal. Mm-hmm. So to be, to be that self-aware, to know that he's got to be able to put the best product out available and to provide an entertaining product that's going to attract fans and keep the fans that have been starting to come back now to keep that momentum going. I think he realizes just how important it is and how he's pretty much got one shot. Like you only get one chance to make a first impression, right? So I think that's what he did. Like he went out there and he endeared himself to Alouette's fans and people throughout the CFL as well by just saying like, listen, the Alouettes are here. They're not going anywhere. And I want to make this a great cup winning team time and time again. Yeah, I, it's my thought. I mean, it's, you know, they they seem to be good owners. I mean, obviously with them making their, you know, with them being steel magnets, so to speak, um, that, you know, I, we can only take them for what, what we've seen so far. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the shtick about, uh, you know, when we'll talk about the, you know, the press conference for the new GM and president, you know, again, saying, uh, you know, uh, you know, one, you know, Danny Matucci would say, I'd like to win one. And then he'd go, yeah, we're going to win one. That kind of got, kind of got old and it kind of got repetitive. I, I, I get you're trying to, 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 to make it, make a name for yourself. Uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, as any owner would want to do, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay reserved for the time being, um, you know, as I said, we're coming from the wet and all cliff where we won so many championships. We played so well. I ha- you have to be a little bit, I have to be a little bit skeptical. I, I, and it's not, not, not against them, but it's just being them as owners and owners who were picked what seemed to be so damn quick by the CFL, how that process just seemed to go so quick. Unlike before where we had how many groups supposedly interested in buying this team. Mm-hmm. that's one of the, I don't necessarily call that a concern, but it was a little worrisome to me. I'm saying, wait a minute, why them, but not the others, considering it seemed that the other owners had more money, it's possible, or had more available money to them. But as I said, it's right now, it's, you know, we're, we're 47, less than, you know, less than, you know, we're not even 90 days into them being new owners. So, so we have to, we have to see what's, what's happening. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not going to see how this it, like the, this wasn't all the problems and everything that, that have gone on with the Alouettes. They didn't happen overnight and they're not going to be solved overnight. But I think what we were seeing now is finally we have that stability that we've been looking for as Alouette supporters for 
quite some time now because, yeah, as much as we have all the respect in the world for the Wetton Hall family, unfortunately, things really did dovetail. And if you believe some of the stories out there as far as like the salary cap hell mm-hmm. and uh-huh. the, the money that's being bled out of this team year after year after year, I mean, like – Something's not kosher. That's that's the long and short of it. Is that you know there, there's just something doesn't quite fit right here when yeah. it comes when it comes to the financials of the Montreal Alouettes. There's some definite concerns, and if these guys are really ready to come in, and they're probably gonna have to make some moves. They're, but they're also if they're also too willing to, I, I, I don't I don't want to necessarily say lose money on the, on the prospect, but I guess they realize it's gonna have to take money for things to get fixed and to get stuff back on track. It's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of patience. And yes, it's going to take a probably a good bit of money to really straighten things out. And yeah, the, the, the idea that the ownership group was put in place so quickly after months, literally months I know. of other ownership groups going kind of back and forth with the, the commissioner and the league. And like, I felt there was just a lot of, I'll, I'll just come out and say it, a lot of dicking around when it comes to the ownership situation here in Montreal. And it just felt like, do something. You got to do something. And then all of a sudden they did something. It was just like, just yeah, like that. Yeah, just they, like that. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I mean, like, what do you want me to say at this point? Like, okay, you finally got that stability. You finally got the guy in place that is going to lead this team into the, you know, into the new, uh, the new decade anyways. Uh, whether it's going to be a success or not, only time's going to tell. But I mean, just the fact that it all came together so quickly does, does make one wonder, but I, I guess at this point, like they've, if they're willing to step up to the plate and do what needs to be done, I think that they at least deserve the benefit of the doubt. Like we'll we'll see what happens over the the rest of the winter and going into training camp. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so then from there, uh, out you know we see we receive the email uh, from the Alouette stating that there's going to be another press conference, and you, you know obviously we knew speculation was rampant, but we, but we all we you know we knew what it was going to be for but then out of the blue um you and i receive a personal email from the alouettes um inviting us to the press conference Mm -hmm. which ended up being for the new gm and for the new gm and president and that was uh it was uh it was humbling it was humbling to receive it it was a a a pleasure to receive it 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 was jaw drop off the floor type of thing (laughs) yeah that's a yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, definitely was humbling for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, it's uh, it's not every day you get invited to. Again, just to know that they the uh, the team itself are about, they're about to make this landmark announcement and that they wanted us the the you know the podcast that has pretty much been showing the team love through good times and bad. Mm-hmm. The fact that they wanted us to be there to be part of this. Uh, special once in a lifetime event i mean that's yeah i mean like again it's yeah even you said I, you said it best it's humbling yeah i remember even for the for when when ac retired i had to ask if i could go but mind you we weren't during the podcast at that time etc 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 but you know but and that's i was able to still a bit to go to that but anyways so then we 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 get there and there, there are a lot of names there there are a lot of former former owls current owls uh wow uh former mayors uh, help me here, Cliff. Wow. Um, who else? Uh, Pretty a- much anybody who was anybody, yeah, I, a- I would say a- that's... Yeah, AC was there, which you had to point out to me because I didn't see him. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was uh, it was, it was the place to be. It's funny. It was the place to be uh, at, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the announcement is made 
Mario Ticini was going to be our new president, and he goes up there and uh, he starts off his uh, his I guess his his prepared speech and stuff like that, and then lo and behold, something comes out of his mouth that on top of us being invited to the press conference, uh, something that was even more jaw dropping, which we were like, wow, was that. Not only were two others, but specifically at the beginning, you and I were openly named. And was it the thanked? I had to go back and let's go check the audio. Avant toute chose, avant toute chose, je voudrais saluer Monsieur Capper, Pine, Olander et Mentalis, des détenteurs de billets de saison depuis au moins dix ans, qui nous honorent de leur présence comme représentants des fans ce matin. Notre message pour vous est simple. Tous continueront de tout mettre en œuvre pour présenter une équipe qui sera extrêmement compétitive, qui se donnera sur le terrain au maximum de ses capacités et qui rendra les matchs excitants. Before anything else, I'd like to honor representatives of the fans that are here today. Mr. Capper, Pine, Olander, and Mentelis, all season ticket holder for at least the last 10 years. And our message to you is simple. Everything will be put in place so we put on the field a highly competitive team that will work to the maximum of its capacity and to generate exciting games. Merci d'avoir accepté notre invitation. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, and and thanked what it is for, for being there and showing support for the team for all these years. I think, is that what it was? I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, I, though. Yeah, that's that's the ba- the you know the Cliff Notes version, if you will. Yeah. Of, and it was done in English and in French. <laughs> yes, it was because let's not forget this this press conference was being broadcast on RDS on uh, TSN. Uh, I think it was being live streamed on CFL.ca yeah. as well. I mean, uh, pretty much was going coast to coast with this. And yeah, the fact that you know, our, our the the team's new president mentioning us in in his opening statement was wow, definitely right out of left field. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's. What wasn't expecting that? Like you and I were looking at each other, like did, we wanted to jump did, up uh, and say, like, "Yeah, that's us." <laughs> yeah, we we managed to stay composed for the most part, but yeah. like, wow, that was again. I I, I didn't know what, what. What do you say to something like that? You like don't. that's you're, you're humbled. You're humbled and you're gracious. That's oh, that's <laughs> yeah. That's what it yeah. is. For, yeah, yeah, and again to, to invite us first to invite us and then to name us. I'm glad we went. I'm glad we took the time off of work. I know I, I took some for, for you. It's not often that I have to actually, you know, to poke and prod you. But obviously there are issues for both of us in trying to be able to get the time off to go. But we were able to make it work. So, yeah. And again, it was it's one of those things that I mean, it's not every day that your your football team names a general manager and a president. It's one of those. Things, I, I, again, I, I will say it's it's. Well, in a perfect world, it's a pretty rare occurrence because you don't want to you don't want to rotate uh, general managers and no. presidents every two years or something no, like that. No. <laughs> but, but I mean, this was a a pretty big event, and you could tell just the the magnitude of the event itself, and the fact that basically we our presence was required there, so to speak. It was, cool. was it was cool. it was very yeah. cool. Obviously, we let them know within a more you know, amount of time. And however, it was done. You know, again, we we thank the Alouettes so wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, that goes up there in one of my moments in my 24 years as a season ticket holder. So it's greatly appreciated. Um, and then also, I think the, then the the news coming from uh, after um, uh, Mario was speaking, uh, you know, the worst kept secret in the, <laughs> in the CFL, uh, Danny Machocha is announced as our new general manager. And then this, it's, it's interesting. 
obviously uh, we understand we love the story for for uh for danny mac we love the story about him you know being able to come home finally be the gm or the alouettes after returning for after well uh 18 years 17 years something like that since being with the team um it's I, I, going back to since i don't know much about mario you know i can we i can only go for what i know from danny mac and i'm on sort of on the same level obviously he's he knows his stuff obviously he has that the biggest ties to udm and the caravan um but i'm still i am i am cautious in how i feel about danny mac as being our new gm um obviously he says said they're all the right things uh, they got you know the ownership group got what they wanted with uh two french speaking uh, uh um higher ups in the team which is fine we're a team mm-hmm. in quebec there's no problem with that but a lot of people will go back and check look at the track record for danny mac when he was with the eskimo mm-hmm. and i think if i'm if i'm speaking at a turn here for you but i think both you and i actually are very had the very same thoughts when it comes to having Danny Mac as our general manager. Yeah. I, I Again, I also, too, have cautious optimism. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't want Danny Machocha to fail at this position. Right, right. It, it doesn't – nobody gains anything from it, from, from Machocha failing at this job. Obviously, as Alouette supporters, we want Danny Machocha to do a good job. There is concern, though, because yes, his past as a general, his past tenure as a general manager for the Edmonton Eskimos was not great. Now, time does have a a, a way of healing wounds. I, I want to believe that his time away from the Canadian Football League may have taught him a few lessons, maybe even humbled him a little bit. Uh, again, he's he's done a, a fan, there's no question he's done a fantastic job with the Caribbean as far as developing them developing them into a powerhouse in U sports uh they've been to the vanier cup uh, three times they've won it once uh i mean like he's producing excellent football players for the most part uh now uh i, I he, he now he's looking for that challenge now he's looking for that like this was uh, in his words this is his dream job yeah. to be with the alouettes yeah. so i don't think he's going to screw it up on purpose what I do wonder, though, is just we just don't know at this point what to expect him. Is he going to is he going to feel the pressure to sign all of the Quebec-born players because he too is a Quebec guy? He speaks French, and the media is going to want to talk to him in French. So, well, why didn't you sign this guy? Why didn't you draft this guy because he's from Quebec and he'd be a great part of the Alouettes? Like, I mean, this this is where I want to know what kind of talent evaluation that he's got going on and what kind of connections he's got as far as being able to reach all of North America, because we know what he can do with the Caribbean. And he's again, put together a very successful program there, but you can't just focus on that. Like when you're a general manager for the Canadian football league, you got to be able to see everything. You got to be able to see the entire country of yeah. Canada. Yeah. And then also too going down South to the United States and finding that talent down there, because let's face it, there's a lot of good football players born and raised in Canada. But there's tons of other great football players in the United States that won't go to the – well, they'll try out for the NFL, but they won't make it. They may get on with the XFL or any of the indoor leagues. But again, there's only so many jobs to go around as well. Like being able to find that talent, find that next great football player and bring them up to Canada and have them play for the Alouettes. Is he going to be able to do that? 
I, I sincerely hope so because, <laughs> quite frankly, that's how you're going to build that success is finding the next great player. You can't just focus solely on who's playing in Quebec. Even though Quebec football has grown by leaps and bounds over the past 25 years, right. become a real true powerhouse in this country as far as developing football talent. But there's more to there's more to football in Canada than Quebec. And I think that's going to be the real challenge right now for Machocha is being able to prove that, yes, I can go out and I can find that talent, whether they're in – uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec, or Flin Flon, Manitoba, or anywhere else in between. Like you got to be able to find that talent, regardless of where they're born. And I think right now that's going to be the the one thing that everybody's going to be taking a look at when it comes to any moves that Danny Machocha makes is where, like, who is the talent and where are they from? And to me, that should be a non-starter because people in Saskatchewan, there's no pressure from the media there to sign only Saskatchewan-born players. Uh, there's no pressure for the Calgary Stampeders to sign only Alberta-born players. Yet when it comes to the media here in Montreal, for the most part, there seems to be that sort of underlying pressure that, well, it's got to be all Quebec. I'm like, no, and, no, it doesn't. And, and to and to be fair, we have to at least make a, a small caveat to this. It's not just the Alouettes. We hear it's always in the media for the Canadians. Always, always, always. And whether that's been a, a if that's hampered the team or not, it's it's just it's just what it is. You don't hear that much of that with the impact, but you I think it has to do with they want a GM. Same thing a GM that 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 does speak French, which I understand. But there are not that many Quebec-born soccer stars, so it's it's not really you know sort of goes the haves, the owls, and then everybody else. I guess mm-hmm. I guess we could say um, right. And if you take a look at uh, like well, there's a lot of good coaches in Canada. They're born and raised in Canada when it comes to football. Not every single one of them comes from Quebec, and you have to realize that yes, okay. If you get, again, you got to hire the best people possible, regardless of where they're from. I mean, I I just don't want there to be this undue pressure to hire coaches who have to communicate with the media in French and then still have to be able to struggle in English to be able to reach the, the most of the American players. Like yeah. that's it, it's a concern that I'm. I'm not the only one in feeling. I mean, there's a lot of people that have sort of expressed that sentiment to me. And I really hope that's not the case. Like I said, I'm I'm willing to give Machocha and Cicini the benefit of the doubt when it comes to how they're going to run this team. I mean, yes, it's definitely imperative and important for a lot of people to make sure that the, the, the front office, if you will, is fully bilingual. Because if you want to be able to reach the media, you got to be able to reach them in both official languages. I get that 100%. I'm on board with that 100%. But... Like this, this notion that you got to make the Alouettes the all Quebec team that a, a lot of people throughout the rest of Canada seem to have. Like we, we, we can't be having that. That cannot be the uh, that can't be can't be the underlying theme when it comes to the Alouettes. Like right. you've got to be able to put the best talent out there, regardless yeah. of where they're from and what language they speak. And right. I, I sincerely hope. And again, once again, I, I am willing to give Danny Machocha the benefit of the doubt that his goal is to sign the best possible players regardless of what language they speak or what country they were born in or any of those other factors that seem to be sort of hanging over everybody's heads. Yeah, and you're talking about moves, and we'll talk about Machocha and the staff have already made moves galore, but also you're talking about things that they need to, to fall back on is, you know, like Eric Delorier, they got to fall back on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is in his job for a particular reason, and we saw what he did earlier in the season. You know, it's it's kind of the things with the these these new wide receiver rookies that I would really love to to ask what you know I recently signed, which I know you'll bring up, but are, are recently uh, re-upped. Uh, you know, Eugene Lewis. See what he thinks about having these new guys. I mean, it's as I said we're going to go through the roster and stuff like. But um, 
it wasn't almost immediately after where it occurred, Cliff, but the, the Alouettes also did announce two other major positions uh, up, you know, within the uh, uh, within the organization itself, didn't they? They did. So once again, uh, Machocha getting right to work. Um, as I said, the concern was making sure that you hire the best possible people when it comes to just, like I said, little things. Like you'd, most people wouldn't think twice about hiring when it comes to uh, – like scouting staffs and things like that. But again, that's imperative. Like you got to be able to find, to be able to find the talent, you got to know, you'll be able to recognize the talent. So you got to find people that know what it takes to win and know what it takes to bring the most successful players here to Montreal. So with that in mind, uh, the Alouettes made a couple of uh, hires to their football operations staff. Uh, the first one that's most important, the most important would be the assistant general manager, uh, one Tom Gamble, yeah. uh, who, who, uh, this kind of speaks to me a little bit because he was the assistant general manager for the San Francisco 49ers, which yeah. is my NFL team. Yeah. Uh, he was actually with the 49ers uh, the last time they went to the Super Bowl in 2013, uh, helped build that team. So he does definitely have experience when it comes to building championship caliber teams. Maybe they didn't win the championship, but he certainly got was able to help put together a roster that was good enough to get to the Super Bowl. So if he can bring just some of that success to the Montreal Alouettes, then that's a win right there. Uh, another hire that the Alouettes made was uh, Brendan Tammon, former general manager of the Blue Bombers and Rough Riders. Yeah. He is the senior player personnel executive. So when it comes to someone who knows the ins and outs of the Canadian Football League, uh, Brendan definitely has that in spades. He definitely has the knowledge there, has been part of teams that also, too, have gotten to championships and even won a championship in 2013 with the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely knows his football. He definitely knows, as I said, the ins and outs, and is still a big part of the game, so to speak, uh, even though he hasn't been in a executive position for a couple of years now. I think he'll be, he, working with Gamble and working with Machocha will definitely be a boon for, for Brendan Tamman. I think uh, if these guys can all put their, their talents together and, and just use it to find the best possible football talent out there, I can't help but be just a little bit encouraged with what's going on. Uh, again, the the concern is always to not bring in people that don't know what's going on when it comes to the Canadian Football League. Uh, yeah, Tom Gamble may not know the CFL, but he definitely knows talent down south. Brendan Tamman does know the CFL. Uh, so between him, Eric Delorier, and Danny Machocha, you've got three people right there that are very well versed in Canadian football, starting at the U Sports level and all the way up to the actual CFL itself. Uh, these guys know their football up and down as far as players to go after and just when it comes to contract negotiations and the ratio and filling needs. I mean, like I'm, I'm pretty encouraged with these hires based on the past, what they've been able to do before. And I, I think they realize what they have right now, as far as a good nucleus with this team, with the roster that's currently in place right now. And now it's just a matter of going out and finding more pieces to add to it because that's what, that's what football is, is, you sign people, you extend people, sometimes you release people, but then you go out and you sign more people. So now the key is how are these guys going to be able to tackle free agency, the draft, and so on? Like this is where things are going to get really interesting over the next couple of months. And I'm really curious to see just how these guys come together and just find that talent that we need. Yeah. It, 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 so many pieces have been put together so quickly. Um there's a lot. There's a really is a lot to, to to just get in our heads, and just in this first half of the show itself, just so much to think about. It, you know, 
well, well, how will people say Machocha, uh, you know, is, uh, stands up to the Jim Pop era? How, you know, it, you know, it's and nothing against Cavus Reed, but I mean, when everybody thinks of the Owls since they've been back, it's it's Jim Pop, Jim Pop. So it's a matter of having the right people. A lot of former guys from the Owls have gone on to do bigger and better things uh, in you know different front offices. So we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to. It's it's wait and see, basically. Unfortunately, Cliff, we're we're only you know we're only early February. Uh, rookie camp doesn't start until mid May, uh, but but there's a lot that that can happen in between now and then. So it's it'll be interesting, dude. It really will. Um, Let's not forget too, like free like CFL free agency starts officially next week. In yeah. fact, we're currently as of right now, we're currently in that uh, quote unquote. Uh, as they like to call it, legal tampering period, where <laughs> where C- CFL free agents can actually receive offers from competing teams, yeah. and next week they can go back to their original clubs and say, "Hey, this team offered me this much. Are you willing to match it? Yes or no?" And then the uh, the original teams will have the opportunity to match or even better those offers. It's kind of the thing. Or- it's kind of the thing that they do though in the NHL, right? It's an offer sheet. So to speak, yeah. And they get to come, and the team can ever ma- either match it or not. Well, it's also too like when you sign an offer sheet in the NHL, it's actually it's basically a letter of intent. Like you're you're going to sign with this guy unless the original club offers you right, the exactly. same or better. But it puts pressure. That's the thing. It puts pressure on your current team. Right. So and you know I'd, and, I'd, and you know Machocha even today I think there's a story you know even Machocha saying they're up against the salary cap and it's we're going to be talking about a couple of minutes. Hopefully we'll alleviate some of it, um, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, we are on social media. Best place to find us is over at Twitter, which is at Alouette's FL Deck. Uh, also, you can uh, find us over at our, our Facebook page. Also, if you want to listen to any of the past shows of uh, the past four plus years of the Alouette's Flight Deck, you can do so by heading over to www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. Or head over to uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. So we were talking about. By the way, first I have to I have to say this before we talk about other things that people didn't see it. Where if people didn't see my my tweet a couple of uh, wow three or four weeks ago, Cliff and I are really dead serious about trying to actually get and tape a podcast on this newly branded Al's Jet. I mean, the flight deck in the flight deck, Cliff. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and it seems to be at least that uh, the, the company behind that seems to be open to it. So uh, it's just a matter of when they announce the. Uh, it, it's actually announced officially uh, that they have branded the, uh, the this jet for for the Alouette. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be officially part of the the actual the, the actual jet that will be flying the players to and from their games. Oh, dude, uh, come on, you know it has to be. Well, they, they didn't officially say so, but no, I mean, because like, the obviously the release hasn't come out yet. Right. But again, like obviously, they're, the, if you have, folks haven't seen the photo of it, it's very cool to see what how they basically wrapped this plane in all Alouette's colors. Like it yeah. looks it looks pretty tight. And yeah, I, I'd be stunned. And, and, and the, the Owls do have a, you know, they do have a, a, a relationship with Nolanor. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's obvious. Go back to our January 30 retweet. And you'll see a picture of the of the of the jet. It's uh, it's pretty damn it's pretty damn hot, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I, if if they're willing to let us record a podcast there, like for you, the fans, I I, I tell you what, you, what, dude, having a picture 
of the flight deck in the flight on the flight deck. Exactly. That's where we need to get a pro photographer in there. No, nothing with our damn ca- our cell phone cameras, and I'm sure they do a very good job in itself. But dude, dude. Yes, I, I'm 100. percent You're 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 not wrong in this instance. We <laughs> we would have to do it up properly. Oh and, yes. And again, if and if we are going to record an episode of the Alouettes flight deck from the flight deck of the <laughs> Alouettes plane, you better believe that we're going to be putting that stuff on YouTube and making sure that everybody sees what's going on because Dude, uh, it's going to be lit, as the kids say. Oh boy, yes, as the kids say. So we're talking about the changes that Danny Matricia had to do right away, and, and he he was he was honest, Cliff, about you know he's they're behind the eight ball already because of how how late that this you know that the new group was brought in and the new front office was brought in and i think what everybody tends to forget and and still there are surprises even for myself you know it was like you know basically i was seeing the, the thing and it was like a wtf type of thing um but everybody forgets about those roster bonuses on february 1st and it's a yearly thing but the thing is i think when you see who who it is yeah, I think that that's where you're like, what? Yeah, that's definitely one of the unfortunate parts of the business. And also, too, like we develop relationships with these players. We talk to them. We see them every game. And, yeah, they become a part of us. You you, you, you start to follow them on Twitter. You, you interact with them. And you're talking online. And you see them after the games. And you're getting your their autographs and taking pictures with them and everything mm-hmm. like that. You, you are developing relationships with these guys. Are you getting and, you know, their, your, their name and number on your back? That too. And then all of a sudden, the offseason comes, and while you're waiting for the football season to start again, it comes down to a simple matter of, well, we owe this guy a few thousand dollars, and quite frankly, we either can't afford to or just don't want to pay that money to him. So, uh, you know, here's here's your release. Uh, Best of luck in all your future endeavors. Doesn't it seem to be the ones that usually have the higher contracts that usually get the – really just get the boot? You know, oh, absolutely, and it's not—it's not that they're not worth the money. That's the thing. It's just mm-hmm. it sometimes it really comes down to the economics of things. And there certainly was a lot of instances where the former general manager may have been a little trigger happy when it comes to signing bonuses to players. And of course, you know, you tell a player, "Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, stick if you're still on the roster for you know by this date, you get this, and if you hit these targets, you'll get you'll get this bonus." And yeah, some players are just so excited and so happy just to be able to have the opportunity to do that. They'll sign on the dotted line and don't even think twice about it. Yeah. And then lo and behold, like uh, that, that February first deadline comes along, and especially now we've got a new general manager who doesn't know you from a hole in the wall, doesn't have that same emotional attachment to you or anything like that. Just is looking at the numbers strictly and decides, mm, yeah, no, we're we're not paying you this, and uh, you know, good luck. Uh, you know, hope you land somewhere else. And for those who may not have been watching or listening, let let's go ahead and let's let's read off the list, Cliff, of the of the players that uh, that the Alouettes uh, said uh, no February bonus for you. All right. Well, uh, we'll start with one particular player who technically the bonus wasn't necessarily an issue. It was more a fact that he was pursuing his NFL dream and was given the opportunity to do so. That would be our running back, William Stanback. Mm-hmm. 
he had gone for a couple of NFL workouts and managed to impress the, uh, I guess, not Oakland, the Las Vegas I, Raiders I enough. I can't call them Oakland anymore. Yeah, Las Vegas Raiders. No, they are officially now the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, they decided, okay, yeah, we we, we want William Stanback in our backfield. So uh, Stanback signs a futures deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, disappointing because, yeah, he was one heck he he was a superstar for us yeah. last year yeah uh just a phenomenal player racked up well over a thousand yards on the ground which is something that hasn't been done here in montreal in a long 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 time mm-hmm. definitely a fan favorite was living in montreal year round and just hit, you could see his superstardom was just starting to blossom here in montreal and uh again the nfl took notice and decided that yeah we uh we like what this kid has to offer us so uh we're, we're, we're signing him to a deal. So can't be mad about that. It's it's unfortunate no, because, no. like I said, we, we've met William a few times and just a super good dude. Uh, I know you got his jersey, yeah. and now it's a collector's item. So uh, yeah. uh, you know what? Seriously, though, we do wish nothing but the best for William. Uh, just a great guy, and uh, I know he's going to kill it out in Las Vegas. I, I saw some photos of the new stadium they're building out there for the Raiders, and I got no love for Raider Nation, but uh, you know what? I want William to do well, so yeah. And we still own his rights, anyways. That that's the cool thing about that with that with the signing thing. Don't we still own his rights? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. With I this think... new rules the way they are and letting him go, I think I think we do. But anyways, that's good. Let, well, let's... if we do, that's great because then if God forbid it doesn't work out with yeah. the Raiders or anywhere else in the NFL, then I'd welcome him back with open arms, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and continue. Who else? Uh, also taken off the uh, the Alouettes roster is a friend of the show, Spencer Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think same deal. He was also to uh, do a, a, a nice roster bonus and decided that, uh, nope, we're not paying that. So uh, unfortunately, he was shown the door, which is unfortunate because, again, another great guy. He was rocking the number 50, which I tend to, to wear for myself. Uh, so I obviously got that uh, affinity with him right there. Uh, definitely a great guy on and off the field. Uh, I have no doubt he'll he'll land on his feet and end up somewhere else uh, well before training camp gets underway. Right. Uh, a move that I was not 100, 100% surprised about was the release of Antonio Pipkin. Yeah, same here. Uh, mostly because Vernon Adams proved that he's the man. He His, his body of work definitely speaks for itself. Uh, Matthew Schultz was signed to an extension also uh, last season. He still has a ton of potential and also, too, is very, has carried himself very well in the limited opportunities that he's had to play in 2019 and even sooner than that. Antonio, though, great dude. Absolutely great guy. Uh, I, I love chatting with him. Uh, he's definitely a, a good guy to hang out with. But, man, the, uh, the few times that he managed to play last year – Things just did not go his way. And I think I'm being very generous in saying that. It was not pretty the few times that he'd been on the field. Oh, and yeah. whether it was because of the injury that he suffered in that first opening game against the Edmonton Eskimos out in Edmonton, uh, just basically when he got on the field again, the few times it just felt like he kind of shot himself in the foot with a few of the questionable play calls and just execution of certain things. Like mm-hmm. he just, just wasn't able to put it together. And it's unfortunate because the year before he came and he helped the Alouettes win two of their five games of the, the 2018 season. So there, a lot of people were really expecting a lot out of him. They thought he was going to be the next great quarterback here in Montreal, but 
it just didn't pan out. I don't know if it was just too much too soon for the young man or not, but uh, maybe just being eclipsed by Vernon Adams. I mean, that's just sometimes that's the way football works. And you take a look at the talent that Vernon has and the way he has led this team and how everybody believes in him. And as a result, the Alouettes rewarded him for that. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, yeah, Pipkin was just going to be the odd man out, especially now with this uh, unofficial rule that uh, the CFL teams can only designate two players as a quarterback, regardless of nationality. Yeah. You can only designate two quarterbacks on your your game day roster. Where does that leave a guy like Antonio Pipkin? Like he he's not going to replace Matthew Schiltz. He's certainly not going to replace Vernon Adams. Uh, I mean, barring a catastrophic injury to either one of these guys, he was just going to be on the outside looking in. So your best off best chance, unfortunately, I guess, was give this man his release, and if he can catch on somewhere else and sort of regain his form. Hey, more power to him, but uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be here in Montreal for him. So, as I said, great dude, uh, got nothing but love for him, but uh, unfortunately, just the, the circumstances just didn't work out for him. And hey, we we certainly wish him all the best for sure, for sure. And unfortunately, that the names don't stop there, do they? <laughs> they do not. In fact, uh, these uh, next two uh, names were uh, uh, jettisoned recently. Unfortunately, uh, one Tommy Campbell has. Yes. Uh, Apparently been shown the door uh, once again. He too also was uh, he was due a very sizable signing bonus on February first that the Alouettes either could not or would not pay. So uh, he was basically shown the door. And, and, a bit even unfor- though, and even though it came out on social media, according from him to to the local media, he was willing to play to play for for payment, you know, for the minimum. But he claimed that the Alouettes never never made the offer. So it's obviously it's he said he said he said, and we gotta we have to take it from what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, there's always three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and then somewhere in the middle is usually the truth. So who knows what uh, what really transpired? But uh, I mean, if if what Tommy is saying is true that the Alouettes didn't even bother to pick up the phone and call him regarding this, I'm. I'm shocked and yeah. disappointed because we saw the body of work he did in his two seasons in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, the dude, dude was phenomenal. Yeah. And and the, and the real kick in the butt now is Cliff. Mm-hmm. He he's been picked up by a team in our own division. Yeah, the Toronto Argos are yeah. going to benefit greatly from having a, a guy like Tommy Campbell in their secondary. And with the Alouettes playing them three times in the season, Tommy's going to have uh, multiple opportunities to get his revenge on the Alouettes mm-hmm. and to prove. How foolish this move was! At least in his eyes, he's going to have that. He's going to have that chance to prove the Alouettes wrong. Yeah. Uh, Next, the other the other move. Uh, thankfully, this is the only one for well, as far as uh, bonuses go. Uh, another friend of the show, Devere Posey, was unfortunately uh, also given his walking papers. Uh, same same situation was due a bonus and. Uh, for whatever reason, the Alouettes decided uh, they probably took a look at the receiving court they have and decided, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we just can't justify this. So, uh, you know, even though you've come and been a part of Montreal and moved here and brought your family here, uh, yeah, we're we're not keeping it around, which is unfortunate because, again, I cannot say enough good things about Devere. Definitely mm-hmm. a great guy. We've had him on the show yeah. and talked with him. Yeah. It was just, just a great individual to know and have as a member of your team. The guy's still an outstanding player. There's definitely no debating that whatsoever. Whoever does sign him is getting a baller 100%. For sure. Uh, 
uh, like I said, it's just it's one of the unfortunate parts of the business. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Can't be mad about it. I mean, I even exchanged a couple of private messages with him talking about the situation, and he'll say the exact same thing. It's just, it's just the way things are. It's, it, it is what it is. Like you can't, can't be mad at the situation. It's just disappointing that uh, someone like that can't be retained. But that's football for you. So once again, Devere, we thank you for everything you brought here to Montreal. It was a short stay, but hopefully it was a good stay. And again, definitely we wish you all the best, no matter where you were, no matter where it is, you end up in the, the Canadian football league. Exactly. Exactly. And you're saying there was a player that, uh, w- w- it wasn't because of the, the cap thing, but it's because we, uh, because of a, of a trade, a trade indeed. Um, Last season saw the emergence of a true playmaker in Bo Lacombo. Uh, he was signed in free agency last year, uh, was backing up uh, Taylor Loeffler. And then when Taylor Loeffler went down to injury, uh, Bo Lacombo stepped up huge, became a real force out in the uh, yellow at secondary at the free safety position. And I thought, OK, well, talk about a great one two punch to have going into 2020 is uh, Taylor Loeffler coming back and Bo Lacombo. If you, you rotate those two guys in, and they're both national players, like the free safety position, as far as I'm concerned, like this is a done deal. Like mm. everything, we are set. This is great. And then, unfortunately, they end up trading him to Toronto for a conditional eighth round pick. Yeah, and we, we can't get any any. We're trying to. I I understand because I, I reached out to Herb Zerkowski and uh, tonight, and he actually, yeah, I said, you know, were, was he ever able to find out the conditions of this of the, the combo trade, and he. He come, chimes back with uh, it's. Uh, he goes, uh, it's an eighth round pick. Does it matter? And that I think that to me that's surprising. Not not his answer, but he went for an eighth round pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm I, baffled I, by I'm that. Curious, what, what does this mean? That like, what does the conditions mean? We can he be, he can become a sixth, but but the question is how? It's for this draft. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's already in, unless they're gonna. It's he has to sign for another year. Who knows? I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, it's again one of those re- one of those things that the CFL just uh, they they don't force teams to be completely transparent as far as all their transactions go. And again, that's if that's how they op- operate, that's how they operate. There's really nothing we can do about it. But uh, it would be kind of nice to know, just for like speculation purposes, like what this condition is of the eighth round pick. I mean, if all it is is an eighth round pick, then so be it. I mean, I think we could have gotten a little bit more for a guy of Lacombo's talent, but. You know, like we're, we're, again, we're we're just a couple of guys on a podcast. We're not in the uh, negotiating room, so it's you know it's what? really hard to say. The cool thing is, we got to see him before he left, technically at the uh, oh, yeah. at the locker room sale. Yeah, absolutely. And again, another guy that uh, the one uh, before. Sorry, sorry, the one before that, the warehouse sale. Sorry. sorry. Right, right. But yes, we we've 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 gotten to know him as well. And like I said, just definitely a great guy. I mean, Toronto, they're they're picking up all of our uh, all of our discarded players and. They're going to benefit huge from that. I can I can guarantee you that. By the way, people, guys, people can remember too. This isn't Jim Pop picking them up. No, that's true. This is not this Jim is, Pop picking them up. No, it's Pinball Clemens that's uh, making the moves for the uh, the Argos. Yeah. So and again, talent recognizes talent. That's that's all I got to say. So I mean, to be able to in, in a, a week's time be able to pick up uh, a guy like Bola Combo and Tommy Lacan, uh-huh. uh, Tom Campbell. Uh-huh. <sighs> wow. I huh. Wow. I think Toronto is definitely going to be. Uh, yeah, don't sleep on those guys either. I mean, like they, they've made a whole bunch of uh, of uh, coaching and personnel moves as well, and they've also got the awesome opportunities that the Alouettes and all the other teams do at free agency. I mean, 
you you just never know with the CFL. That's the amazing thing is you could be in the basement one year and then like snap of a finger, you're you're back on top. That's just that's just the way the league works sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Now to, there are some positives. And if I miss anything, let me know, Cliff. But we will go over some specific ones, obviously. But the Alouettes also were able to to sign a lot of their current player, a lot of players to one or two year, uh, you know, extensions. Um, It it all started off with uh, returner uh, Mario Alford, who showed monster signs of what he could do for the Alouettes in the return game. Um, Then it was also Spencer Moore, Landon Rice. Uh, Sean Jameson, Christian Matt. Christian, Christian Matt, I think, is a huge get um, signing him back. Uh, then there was also, let me see here, am I missing anybody? Um, uh, DJ Lama, uh, Dominique, uh, what is it? Termanson. Termanson, thank you. Mike Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, then there, it, it, then come the big ones. And this is where we're going to have fun talking. But, by the way, Cliff, if there's any comments you want to make about these other the other guys before, let me know too. Or, but well, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I'll just say really quick, yeah, uh, Christian Chris Matt, as we said, has improved by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think has become an integral part of this offensive line. So being able to keep him was definitely a, a feather in the cap. And you saw about the bromance. I'm calling it a bromance between him and Vernon at, at the end of the uh, of the playoff loss to Edmonton. You saw mm-hmm. how he was able to, how much of a leader he's able to come up and and talk to his quarterback. Absolutely. And that's what that's the kind of reassurance that you want. I mean, we, we've been very fortunate over the years to have some really great centers as 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 part of this team. I mean, the offensive line has certainly had their trials and tribulations over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to be able to have someone like a Christian Matt who was drafted in 2011 by the Alouettes and has been with his team through thick and thin. He's seen it all essentially from over the past few years for him to actually emerge and become that that integral player for the Alouettes is huge. And as you said, that relationship that he has with his quarterback, because let's not forget the center. He's the one that gives the ball to the quarterback. Like those guys have to be simpatico. And they, I I think we saw in 2019, just how, how how great a relationship Vernon has with his offensive line is a guy like Christian Matt. So to to be able to lock him up for, for, you know, for, for Vernon Adams is, is huge. Uh, The other signing I'm really really pleased about is Dominique Termanson because he too is one of those players that I've been high on for several years. Even when he went uh, and signed elsewhere, I always wanted him to do well. And the fact that he was able to come back to Montreal last year and has been a, a force, especially now with Bo the combo leaving. Like, yes, Termanson is a natural defensive back, but he can slot into that safety position as well, as well as being a national player. So you've, again, you've still got that one, two national punch of Loeffler and potentially Termanson if need be. Mm. I mean, like Dominique is such a, a versatile physical player that he can play pretty much anywhere in that secondary and excel. And that's what I'm really excited about. Like that was a, to me, a, a huge relief knowing that Dominique would be back with the Alouettes for for at least the next, uh, I think it's two years. So I, if, if that's the case, then like I said, that's a, a, a huge relief as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, not talking about uh, f- current Owls, but at least we have, one thing we have to mention, especially with the current situation the Owls are in when it comes to running backs and uh, Stanbeck moving to uh, to Raider Nation. Uh, the Alouettes were able to sign, uh, I don't know how, if you would call this a surprise or not, but they were able to sign a former Argos running back um, uh, James Wilder Jr. What's your thought on this pick mm-hmm. by the Owls? Uh, a little surprising. I mean, I was kind of wondering too when free agency opens, like how are the Alouettes going to address this whole 
no starting running back issue because yes, William Stanback went By the to way, the uh, Raiders. JJ's no slouch. We can't. We, we, we're hoping he's going to come back and back up Wilder. Remember, JJ is no slouch either. Considering when William was not playing, when he was playing hurt or out because he was hurt, he was he was a great backup. Mm-hmm. And just to make sure we're talking about Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah, sorry, yes, yes. <laughs> now, technically, he did talk at the end of the season about retirement, but also did say that if Kahari Jones was coming back as coach, that he would strongly consider wanting to return as well. So we can't necessarily put JJ down just yet 100% as a running back with the Alouettes, but I mean, that's still something that is always a possibility. Well, the co- but, at least we know he's still in the roster. That's the main thing right now. Right. So. Yeah, because he's like he's he's a pending free agent, so technically yes. he's yeah. and he hasn't been released, so technically he is still an Alouette. But this there is that possibility that he may not be on the team for any number of reasons. Yeah. But what's your but, what's your thought on us? Because he was he wanted he you know Wilder w- wanted his release to try for an NFL opportunity. Nothing was a- came his way. Uh, supposedly, according to what we're hearing, he was also close quote unquote close to signing with a team in the XFL that or he was draft drafted by the XFL. And uh, no, that... he, he, he would have been he, he would have been signing with the XFL, but uh, that too never materialized. Exactly. That. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's he's we, we find out he's, you know, on uh, just a couple of days ago, he's signed by the Owls. Yeah. And also too, a uh, fun fact, uh, last year, he also had a tryout with Wrestling Entertainment. Oh, that's true. So I'm wondering if uh, a lot of people... I think a lot of people thought maybe he'd be going that route as far as uh, a career goes. Like if he couldn't land in the NFL, maybe he'd uh, take his talents to uh, to the to the wrestling ring. But uh, I guess for whatever reason, that nothing ever materialized from that as well. Well, uh, from what from what so we're I guess seeing, uh, what we're seeing too, Cliff. Though remember, Jay, uh, Brian Bukowski tried the exact same thing. Tried to, you know you have to for I've seen the, I've seen it on T. It's not easy trying to you know it's not football it's not soccer it's you know it, it's pretty tough on the body to, to be a, a you know to just to start out and get into the wwe so but uh hey you know what they're, they're lost our gain <laughs> oh absolutely so again with uh with him being a free agent he was able to sign anywhere and lo and behold uh signs with the alouettes which is in- incredible i mean He's also played with uh, our man, Greg Reed, mm-hmm. uh, and Greg was definitely able to vouch for that sort of championship mentality that James Wilder has. Uh, I know there's been a lot of concern with uh, some of the issues that he had in Toronto as far as his production goes, but I think a lot of it may have had to do more with the coaching and just what was being asked of him as far as uh, being in the backfield for the Argos. Right. I know a lot of people were concerned about his attitude because – Initially, after he won Rookie of the Year with the Argos and winning the Grey Cup in his rookie season with the Argos, uh, suddenly he decided he wanted to be paid more money, but then he didn't want to sign an extension, and then he actually wanted to be released from his contract, and that wasn't going to happen either. So there was there were some, I guess, uncomfortable moments, if you will, and I think that sort of changed a lot of people's perception of Wilder. Uh, personally, I'm of the opinion that he's coming in here with a – a clean slate, like a like a like he's here to win. He he wants to be a part of something special. He's already started interacting with his his new teammates, and they seem to be on board with him as well. So I'm again, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if he can produce like he has in the past, then I'm definitely going to be excited because the guy is very much an NFL style runner, which is what Stanback was. So if they're going to utilize the same way they use Stanback, then definitely be excited because James Wilde can be that explosive force. I mean, he's well over six feet tall, and 
disgustingly fast. So, I mean, like these are great qualities that have in a running back. So I'm really curious to see how this backfield is going to shape up for the Alouettes because now you've got Wilder. If Jeremiah Johnson comes back, that's definitely going to be a boon as well. Uh, I don't know if the Alouettes would think about another running back in that's in the uh, in, when free agency gets underway, or if they're just going to wait and see what happens as far as maybe XFL cuts go, or if uh, whoever gets drafted uh, or doesn't get drafted in the NFL draft. If you fi- again you, finding that other diamond in the rough out there, I mean, again, William Stanback, we didn't know who he was two years ago, and look what happened to him. So I mean, the talent is out there. Sometimes it's just a matter of just discovering that. Uh, that guy that nobody heard of or gave a rat's ass about, like that's that's how you find your next superstars is through the draft and through all these other channels. So, I mean, potential for running back for the Alouettes could be very interesting this year. But knowing that you have someone who has experience in the league is definitely a, a big advantage. And James Wilder definitely brings that to the Alouettes. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, now come the big names, and it's it's just looking. At, you know, we didn't know he was coming into town. It's like, damn, man, let us know you're coming into town. <laughs> oh, no, forgot. Sorry. I also forgot about uh, a couple of Quebecers that the Alouettes signed, too. Well, we can't we can't leave them out, obviously. Uh, Felix Rivera Lucier, uh, Felix Briere, and uh, Najee Murray. That's a good. Those are those are some pretty good pickups for local guys. Well, except Najee Murray is not a local guy, but uh, yeah. yes, he actually got quite a bit of playing time last year and did extremely well in the. Uh, in the on the field the corner position, or not field corner, but uh, in the field halfback position, and uh, I, I think with a, a little bit more time, a little bit more playing time, and and that I think uh, as much as it hurt to lose a Tommy Campbell, if Najee Murray can step up and be that player that can step up that level and play with, with uh, the guys in the secondary, I I don't see anything wrong with that. And uh, as far as our uh, Quebec-born uh, signings, uh, both Felixes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Felix uh, Menard Briere was a, is a kicker and uh, was brought in briefly for for a little bit. Uh, didn't stick around, but uh, obviously Danny Machocha must see something in his uh, his former yeah, kicker because he is a uh, yeah. It's an interesting sign bringing in another kicker. It's very having you know who we have and then bringing in another one. We talk about this over the past couple of years. You know when he you know when you know, our kicker has struggled. It's interesting to see that they're bringing in somebody else at least for training camp. So we'll. It, that'll that'll be fun to watch. Oh, it always is, and especially too with uh, Enrique Yeni mm. coming back. Yep. I mean, like I said, it, it's good to see a kicking competition. It's only going to make things better, and I, I don't think Boris Bede because he has redeemed himself as far as I'm concerned. Not perfect by any stretch, but I mean, I think especially over the the last stretch of the season, he really improved by leaps and bounds and back on track. So. As far as I'm concerned, iron sharpens iron. If you want to bring in more kickers and get them in things, God forbid, why not have like a kicker slash punt, like a kicker and a punter yeah. again? Maybe yeah. there's that possibility as well. Especially, it's something that the Alouettes have kind of shied away from over the years. But maybe now that we have this kind of dearth of talent when it comes to the kicking position, maybe this is something that they can strongly think about. As you know, maybe don't have one guy focusing on both duties. Like that may just help improve because if they're not if they're not dealing with one or the or they're not having to deal with one or the other just focusing on one particular skill then who knows i mean that just could just be the one thing that sort of helps makes just little differences here and there to help improve special teams i mean it's possible i mean i i'm not saying this is actually going to happen but i mean it's just one of those things that you start thinking about I'm like you know what 
that wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea. This may be worth trying out, and what better place to do it than in training camp? Yep. And obviously now the big name, Vernon Adams, is signed to an extension uh, through the 2022 season, and mm-hmm. also um, the the Alouettes uh, also just uh, yesterday signed Gina Lewis to a a one year extension. Uh, the wow, and I, I know you you looking at the money that VA is going to be getting, what he could possibly make. I think what is it, one point two total with everything. Is that what it was, Cliff? Yeah, over two years, like over yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. this season and two, yeah, so two and a half, well, basically almost three years, basically. Yeah. Um. The, obviously, he he's a humble guy. He's getting his shot. My first question, obviously, I love having VA back here and being our starting quarterback because he showed last year that he could. But a and it can be for any quarterback. You're coming in. It's gonna be your second year starting. And he's getting some of the top money, some of the, some, you know, he's getting quarterback money. You know, he's not making the, the you know, I think they said what was he, he was making 112 last year. I think that's, that's originally what it was said, something like that. But what's your thought on going from where he was back up the first game of the year, becoming our starter, uh, leading us on to one of our, our better seasons in a long, long time, obviously with, a, with having Coach Kahari also. But what, what's your what's your thought on just the the getting the the you know is the money going to put a hell of a lot more pressure on Vernon? I have no doubt it will, and I think he's going to respond just well to it. I, I think we've shown. I, I think this past season has shown just what Vernon Adams can do. This is the stuff that you and I have been talking about in regards to Vernon Adams that people just didn't want to listen to. People didn't want to focus on that. We knew the talent that he had. We knew that he could be this top caliber player. And now everybody's on board with him. Now everybody believes in Vernon Adams. And now Vernon Adams is getting paid like a starting quarterback as well he should be. Because he will be leading this team for the next good while. The fact that Danny Machoch himself even said, we have not had a, cal- uh, a caliber quarterback like this since Anthony Calvillo. Like this is something that we've talked about. We've uh-huh. kind of mentioned the AC factor as far as trying to compare him to Vernon Adams. And we have always been a little reluctant to do so because it's it's not to put down Vernon. Because we, we don't want people to think that he's the second coming of Anthony Calvillo when he should really be looked at as the first coming of, of Vernon Adams Jr. But the fact that Machocha recognizes the talent level that Vernon Adams has and was willing to ensure that he's got to stay put. Like in order for the Alouettes to have success, as far as he's concerned, you've got to keep your starting quarterback. You got to keep the guy that got you to this point. And essentially that's what Vernon Adams did. He put this team on his back and he has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is a starting quarterback in the Canadian football league. And as such, you got to pay him like a starting quarterback in the Canadian football league. You look at guys like Cody Fajardo, uh, Zach Caleros. Yeah, but I say Cody got the money too. But Cody's been in the league long. Oh no, he's been, he's been a perennial backup. And he same thing last year. He finally he had the talent. It was just a matter of getting the opportunity to shine. And that's exactly what he did out in Saskatchewan. He got paid. Yeah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Masoli and Dane Evans. Mm-hmm. Those guys too. They had to mm-hmm. work their contracts out a little bit, but they're getting paid as well. Uh, but Dane's gosh. not getting. But Dane's not getting the same money though. He's not. But uh, because again the the. Uh, Tigercast was smart and signed him to a long-term deal last year. Ah, that's it. That's but it. I think they had to. They, I think they reworked his contract a little bit. I mean, he's getting. He's going to make a decent salary too. Yeah, and and for for just and, just at least mention it for people who don't know. Just and this is the reporting from Three Down. 
Uh, three down nation. Uh, you know, uh, Big Play made approximately 150,000 in 2019, uh, and for 2020, it's uh, it's worth 415 thousand dollars in hard money. Already had a twenty thousand dollar roster bonus on January first, so that brings this compensation up to four hundred and thirty five thousand. And then from there, um, let's here it is. Uh, hard money for twenty twenty one is four hundred forty five thousand, and he has the ability to make four hundred eighty one thousand. While twenty twenty two checks in at four hundred sixty thousand in hard money, with a, a possible high of five hundred fourteen thousand. And let's not forget, too, the salary cap will be going up every year as well. And I think by the time his next contract is up, I think it'll be almost time for a renegotiate. The salary cap will also be renegotiated as well and going up. So he's going to get paid. And again, the Alouettes were very smart to retain his services because, as I said, he's proved himself to be well worth the money. Yeah. And I, I think with, with Kahari Jones as coach and with re- – I think now the goal has to be to surround him with as much talent as possible. Uh, signing Gino Lewis to an extension as well helps that because that was one of, if not his preferred targets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw some highlight stuff, like the highlight reel they put together when uh, Gino officially signed on for that extension. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I don't get some of these <laughs> catches he's making. It's unbelievable. Oh, but who's throwing him the rock? It's VA. I know. He. These guys obviously are on the same page. I mean, they, they they understand each other. They want to make something happen here in Montreal. The, so you the you got to pay these guys. Yeah, the Owls this year, even with the new rookies that they've signed on, they have they have so many guys that can easily get the rock over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll all have their have their 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 spot, and it's it's and it's very easy that some of these rookies could become could become stars very easily, very easily. Um. Yeah, getting Gina back, I love it. Interesting, it's only a one-year contract. I noticed that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, VA was was obviously an extension through twenty twenty-two. Um, but and let's make it clear: like Vernon still had one more year on his deal. Like there was, in a sense, there was no pressure to sign him. But I think the Alouettes realized that okay, we've got a superstar here. We've got our guy. Like, and the Alouettes have been looking for their quarterback for a long time. They finally have him. They finally have the guy that they can build around and that can lead them into the future. Yeah. So in that case, you got to pay him. You got to keep him happy. And you know that Vernon wants to be here. He know, you know that he loves this city. He loves the fans. He loves being a part and he's of humble. Montreal. He's humble. He really is. You know, and, he, and I know you joked about it, and I know he mentioned it before, but we, as fans, when we had dinner with him, we didn't care how much Vernon made. We really didn't. And we and enough so that we even we offered because that's how we are. We offered to pay for his dinner. We didn't care how much he made. No, it wasn't about that. It was. It's never about that. I mean, yeah. it's just again. It comes down to the fact that we've known Vernon for several years now. We know what he was. We we knew what he was able to bring to this team, and unfortunately, the previous uh, regime didn't quite appreciate him the first go around. And maybe it's just that's just the way it had to be. Like they say, everything happens for a reason. For whatever reason, he had to go to Saskatchewan. He had to go to Hamilton. He had to bounce around a little bit. He had to sort of, you know, eat a little humble pie. But uh, when he came in here, the second go around, you could see he was excited. He thought this was going to be his opportunity. This is going to be the chance for him to prove his worth. And even when the Alouettes kind of, you know, took that away from him yet again with the whole Johnny Manziel thing, he never changed his focus. He never 
gave up. He never got down on himself. He just put his he just put his nose to the grindstone and kept working. He just kept waiting and being ready for that opportunity. And when it came, you saw it. He made the absolute most of it. And the one thing is, you gave him the opportunity. He was not giving it back. He he, he said, "This is my team. This this is my position. I am I am keeping this." And uh, as far as I'm concerned, you were going to have to pry the quarterback position from his cold, dead hands. Like He <laughs> proved it over and over again in 2019. And I have no doubt in my mind that not only will he continue to do this in 2020 and beyond, he is going to ascend to that next level. And if Montreal is able to get to the Grey Cup and win it, it will definitely, without question, be a result of Vernon Adams and his MVP caliber playing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it right now. I am speaking into existence. This is the guy. Like maybe it took a while for this team to realize it, but they did, and now everybody else is on board too. You see the love that everybody has for VA, and he brings it right back to them. It's I'm beyond happy that Vernon Adams is going to be a Montreal what for many years to come. Yeah. Oh, I I, I completely agree. Um, wow. There, we could talk so much more, and I know it's funny. You and I are trying to trying to talk about get every it's hard to to condense everything into one quote-unquote short show but i think we've <laughs> condensed pretty 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 well considering all the news that we have i said it's only been 47 days it, <laughs> and, it really has <laughs> and we have to at least talk about this before we go before we finish up this episode we have to at least mention what was what was announced today that uh 2020 will be the first time since 1996 this team came back that there will not be a cheerleading squad on the sidelines for the Alouettes. Um, yeah, I what, thought it was interesting is how the Owls took a play a page out of the uh, took a page out of the book saying this is not this is not um, teams have done this also and are still doing this now, not having any cheerleaders. And they use the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New York Giants as the examples of teams and currently in pro football that don't have a cheerleading squad. I, I thought Packers didn't either, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, what, and obviously we're guessing, I think it was a roughly $50 a game for, for the, for the cheerleaders um, at, was it 30 of them? Plus the aerial team. I, that's what I want to call them. The aerial team. Um, mm-hmm. What's, what's your thought on this? Because they, they, they said they disbanded them because of financial issues or reasons. Um, having new owners come in and then hearing this uh, can make you a little weary saying, okay, what the what? Um, but I, I, I get it, but it still to me, it being put that way can be a little bit, little concerning. It makes you wonder what else is this new ownership group going to, I don't want to say the word skimp on, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, especially to if I mean we've been hearing for years now about all the financial hardships when it comes to the Alouettes. Like the the team is bleeding money left, right, and center, and they're they're dealing with salary cap hell and so on and so forth. And I, I've often wondered just how much of that is legitimate. And now that you've come down to the point where you're you're getting rid of the cheerleaders, I mean. It's one of those things. It's one of those strange things. I mean, it's not integral to the actual game that you're going to watch itself, but it is for a lot of people a part of the entire Alouette's experience. Yes. So I can understand the 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 shock, the the confusion, and even being upset about the fact that there aren't going to be any cheerleaders for 2020. It's 
it, it, it's really hard. Like, I really want to understand what was the deciding fact. Like, are are things really that bad that you have to cut cheerleaders? I mean, like, you're not paying them, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year to, you know, be on the sidelines and and dance and everything like that. But uh, at the same time, like, you are are how, just how bad are things? I mean, like, that's. It, 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 it's very confusing. That's the only way I can put it. Like, it just seems like a, a very odd thing to get rid of. It's just one of those things you don't necessarily think twice about because pretty much every CFL team has cheerleaders. So now the Montreal Alouettes don't have cheerleaders anymore. It's, it's peculiar. I guess that's the only way to describe it is it's a little bit peculiar. It's not going to change anything for me as far as like, I don't go to the, I don't go to the games and watch the cheerleaders. I go there to watch a football game, obviously, but it's one of those things that you're going to be kind of looking around like, what the, oh right no cheerleaders like how so what's what, what what does this mean now for the in-game experience as at Percival Molson Stadium like what is going to replace them if anything like that's what I'm kind of curious about and again once we get our new president uh, here on the flight deck uh, that's going to be one of the questions I'm going to ask is like if you're not going to have cheerleaders anymore like what are you going to do well like what what sort of endeavors are you going to undertake now as far as trying to improve the in-game experience for fans coming into Percival Wilson Stadium without cheerleaders? Like, this is... It's definitely going to be interesting to see, that's for sure. Uh, I thought it was kind of telling last season when the Alouette's cheerleaders didn't go to Calgary for the Grey Cup, as it's usually the tradition that all nine teams will send their cheerleading squad to participate in the game itself and also go to all the events, the parties, and what have you. But uh, the Elvis cheerleaders, for whatever reason, uh, they weren't going. And I'm guessing that, too, was also a bit of a cost-cutting measure. So I wonder if that event kind of led to where we're at today, where the entire team has or the cheerleading squad has been disbanded. Uh, was it is it really truly a financial thing or are there other factors in play as well? I guess, you know, over the next little while, we'll find out eventually. But that initial shock of, yeah, we're cutting the cheerleading squad. Like, wow. OK, Uh that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, you just you didn't know how to react. It's just one of those things. Like of all the things that you can cut from a football team, this just seems like a, a very unusual thing to kind of put on the chopping block. Yeah, I, and it, it, I, it was a surprise. I, you know, I liked having them as part of the experience. I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I guess I'll have to decide once. I'm curious to see what the team's going to do in order to to replace them. Um, to replace their time mm. on the field during the game, what what will they do? It's it will be interesting to see because you can only have so many, you know, animations during the you know uh, uh, the animation during during the you know during during the uh, breaks in the game itself. Uh, you know, God forbid they bring back karaoke. Oh dear God, please don't bring back karaoke. Please <laughs> don't bring back karaoke. I'll say it again. Don't bring back karaoke. Um, I- I'm just curious. To know yeah, if you could avoid all the karaoke, that would be great. There you go. Um, so I just don't. I, I enjoy. They were part of the experience. Uh, I just it to me again. That's you're cutting the cheerleaders. Where I would think it's funny. Every everybody uh, the cheerleaders. I understand that they have jobs elsewhere and they represent the team, etc. There's only one member of the cheerleaders that's going to keep their job. Well, yeah, it's uh, basically the, uh, the the head coordinating uh, yeah. coordinator for the cheerleaders, uh, Annie LaRouche, is going to still stay with the Alouettes in some capacity. We she, don't know uh, what with yet. The, with the Alouettes Foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I, I, it's interesting, I but I guess we'll – like I said, it, it's still new, so we're, we're still 
trying to figure it out. But uh, like I said, hopefully in the next coming like in the coming weeks, d- days, weeks, months, we'll hopefully get a little bit more introspect on that. But uh, like I said, it's just that, that initial shock of like this is what you decide to cut. Like, okay, interesting, but uh, without a real answer other than saying financial. Like I mean, like it just just seems bizarre. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on, though, yes. I just sort of uh, just sort of veer away from this topic for a little bit. Uh, no, we're, I just we're, want to down, we're done with the topic. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> I do want to mention that the Montreal Alouettes are doing their ultimate football program tour of Quebec again. Uh, a lot of the uh, players will be going to different schools throughout Quebec uh, to help uh, promote this new initiative to get kids up and active a little bit more and helping them learn and understand football a little bit better. Uh, that once again, uh, players like uh, Felix Faubert Lucier, uh, Jean Gabriel Poulin, uh, who we spoke with last year regarding this, Etienne Moissin, uh, Martin Bedard, Boris Bede, and many others are going to be touring Quebec yet again, going to different uh, schools, just to help promote the game of football, help promote the Alouettes, and just get these uh, kids uh, interested and excited about football again. So uh, that's that tour is going to be kicking off pretty soon. And uh, you know, I, it's definitely a great program, and I, I definitely expect to see a lot of success from that. And I think that sort of helped, along with the Alouette success, to help build that sort of interest in the Alouettes themselves. So uh, I'm really curious to see just how this program grows. Once again, it's their third the third season that they're going to be doing this, and uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see just how much of an impact that's going to have on uh, future Alouettes fans. Yeah, uh, I mean, we had something, you know, we had one of the Owls on last year to talk about it. And again, it's, uh, you know, how much the Alouettes have said that they don't, they feel that they've not been in the community enough. This has been one of the few mainstays where it does show that they are, they are still relevant within the community. It's just, I guess they want to be better in the community than what they have been. I, I guess I never even thought that they weren't good in the community. I'm trying to remember some of the stuff, you know, they, you know, I remember the, the adopt the Alouette days. Um, you always had the school thing, I thought. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. s- still, but, um, I guess, you know, it's, it's part of their, part of their passion now to be, to continue to be in the community as much as possible, not only in Montreal, but, but in Quebec. So it's, uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah. And also the fact that as, as I've said numerous times, like I want the Alouettes to become Quebec's football team like throughout all of Quebec and the fact that they're going to places like Quebec City and Chicoutimi and you know up north like that just to really help promote the Alouettes like it's not just Montreal's team it really is Quebec's football team Mm -hmm. and to me like that's that's how you do it is to you got to get out there and you got to get kids interested in it and bring the players and bring uh you know bring something that's going to be interesting and get them excited about football. And that's, this program is definitely a great way to do that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, obviously, I mean, as I said, we've been able to try to get in, we can within, within the last hour and a half and it's, uh, we're, we're still not done. There's still a lot more to come. Obviously we have the free agency. We got the draft coming up. We hope to have obviously some, uh, some, uh, some interviews with the, the, uh, the newer, uh, the newer heads, within the Alouettes organization, and we hope to bring that to you uh, very, very shortly, obviously. Um, Cliff, I, it's not the way we wanted to start off our, our fifth season, um, but, uh, hey, it was a, a great start nonetheless. Absolutely. And the fact that 
this is our fifth season of doing this podcast. I'm I'm excited. I I know we did quite a lot last year, and we had a lot of great stuff to talk about, especially with the success of the Alouettes. And I just see this going even further, and that's that's the goal. And once again, it's all for the fans. It's all so that people everywhere can understand and appreciate what's going on with the Alouettes. And if we can get people just half as excited about this team as we are for them, then I think we've we've accomplished what we what we set out to do. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we've even begun to scratch the surface of what this podcast can do. And I'm really excited to see what the 2020 season brings, not just with new potential players coming on board with the Alouettes and new players being drafted by the Alouettes and once training camp gets underway, you know, things just ramp up from there. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how this podcast goes, even though like seasons months away, unfortunately, I'm really excited to get this this 2020 season, this season five of the Alouettes fight deck well underway. So, Tim, I'm I'm excited to be on board with you, and I think we got this. Let, let's let's rock this. Yeah, and again, fifth the fifth anniversary, fifth season, uh, possibility of uh, the flight deck on a flight on the flight deck, dude. <laughs> I can't. I'm hyped. I'm I, hyped. I I am uh, yes. I, I that that would be so that would be so freaking cool. So we will be back. Uh, probably on a, we're not on a weekly schedule yet, but uh, stay tuned to all our social accounts uh, and also to follow Cliff and myself also on social media. Cliff's at Cliffy D. I'm at Repact R E P P A C T. Uh, so to keep an idea of when we may be um, broadcasting next here on the flight deck. So Cliff, it's great to be back. Season five is alive. Uh, so is Johnny Five. That's such a Bad reference. Anyways, if anybody got that, please <laughs> please DM me. I'll be glad to know that I'm not the only one who's old. So for everybody here <laughs> at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.